Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. On his Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show. And, uh, man, excited to see Chuck Halley go in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. His son, Scott Halley, joining me as we speak. And, uh, Scott, great job up there. I cannot even imagine, you know, you're up there with all those Hall of Famers and surrounded <laughs> by everything, and you just did a tremendous job. Um, I bet you were a little bit relieved uh, when that was over, but, man, what a crowd the excitement in uh, Canton. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the show, and congratulations to you and your entire family. Thank you so much. I'm I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Well, it's uh, now that you've had a, a little bit of time to reflect. Um, I bet it was a whirlwind while you were in Canton. What were some of the What were some of the moments that you look back at it that really stood out to you? I bet you had people that you never even gotten a visit with that had remembrances and thoughts of your playing against or with um your dad i mean what an amazing what an amazing time what was that what was that whole experience like even just leading up to the actual induction ceremony it was it was great it was the hall of fame staff was absolutely top-notch they they were very very helpful and cordial and 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 kept us uh well accommodated. Um, you're right. It was a great time. I, I got to sit down with, with some of dad's teammates, Cliff Harris, and of course, Bob Lilly and, and listen to, to their recollections of, of times that they spent with dad. And it was great. I mean, you know, I even sat with, uh, former green Bay Packer players who played against dad in the ice bowl. And, and, you know, they were telling me stories about how that went and it was, it was it was just absolutely amazing and and so much fun to uh, to hear about Dad through the eyes of, of different people. Yeah, he he was amazing, um, and and what he did against the the Dolphins the previous year, the uh, MVP in a losing effort. I mean that was unheard of. Did you Scott? Had you kind of uh, given up over the years? I mean it didn't seem like it really consumed. Your father, I don't know how much it came up. Obviously, you wanted it to happen at some point. But at some point, you kind of move on from it. When did you start kind of maybe thinking, hey, this thing, you know, this may this may end up happening? Um, what, what was that whole thing like, dealing with the emotions of it over the years? You know, will Dad eventually get in or not? What was that whole experience like? You're right. It was. I mean, there was a little. There was a little excitement around the selection time, and and in the hope that you know maybe this year they'd get it right. Um, and and every year that passed was just you know it wasn't so much a, a letdown. After a while, you just kind of got. Uh, Dad just really took it in stride. I think he just kind of he he his his whole attitude about it was if it happens great if it doesn't happen i'm okay with it so you know it wasn't going to to determine his actions or his life he always he always spoke more through his actions anyway so uh, just watching that over the years uh uh you know around around t- the time that they were going to announce the finalists and things like that um i think there was an element of disappointment every time his name wasn't called i mean he was you know he was always had enough votes to remain on the ballot. So, 
it, it's just a, it was just a, a you know, a, a process. And now that he's in, in frail health and, and really can't appreciate the depth and, 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 and scope of, of his accomplishment, I think is, is sad for us as a family. Yeah. But uh, it, how neat is it, by the way, with Bob Lilly and others, Roger Stallback spending time with him recently, even when the big announcement came out to go over. And like you said, you, you sensed maybe some recognition from your father or just some, some sense, because I know he squeezed the hands of some of his teammates as Roger and Lily. And, and uh, I mean, I, I think you did kind of feel that he certainly feels the love of his teammates and there. And I think Absolutely. probably there's some kind of recognition he has. He knows these people were extremely special in his life, even with what he's going through with late stage dementia. Did you kind of sense that in, in those recent or somewhat recent meetings with some of his, uh, his former teammates? Yeah, I did. Um, he was, he just kind of lit up when he saw him. I mean, you know, Mel Renfro was there. Leroy Jordan was there. Cliff Harris, Charlie Waters, they were all there for him. And, and I think he really felt the pre- their presence and, and knew who they were. And, and, um, you know, it's it was just a it was just a, a, a amazing moment to to see them all come together and and reminisce about their time and their playing days with him and and it was it was really great. Boy, they revered him not only as teammates but opposing players. And as you hear more and more of these testimonials, you know, one of the greatest weak side linebackers ever, or best linebackers ever. What what stands out to you about? Because I mean, you were a kid. When he right. was playing, I mean, I don't know how much. I'm sure you can go back and look at film. How much do you remember, Scott? Like, how old were you when he was kind of uh, winding things down? I mean, he was there with the Cowboys starting in, what, 1961, and then yep. was still around for some of those huge breakthrough moments in the 70s. And, again, mm-hmm. like you, you were probably by the 70s, what were you? Were you at least, like, you know – uh, 10 to 15 or what, where, where were you uh, growing up when, when he was kind of winding down his career? Sure. The year he retired, I was 11 years old. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember, I remember watching him on TV. I remember, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, back then coach Landry required all of his players to be at the holiday Inn at Regal row. I don't know what it's called today, but he always made, he always, they always had to be in the hotel at 6 p.m. the Saturday before a home game. So I remember taking, you know, riding with mom to to take him to the hotel, and 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 saying, you know, saying goodbye to him that evening, and um, and then going back up to the hotel, you know, the next morning to to see him off on the bus and things like that. Um, just really, I, I attended a few games as a kid, um, and you know. Back then, they the players had to be there so early that you know they would they would take they would kind of round up all the all the player kids together and, and give us a, a little miniature tour of, of uh, Texas Stadium while the while you know our dads were getting ready. Wow, and those people like the Jordans, the Lilies, the Lissios, the Stallbacks. I mean, those were the Reeves family. You'll all kind of grew up the kids 
I mean, I saw a lot of y'all were in Lake Highlands together, uh, and I think Mel Renfro may have moved into Lake Highlands at some point. Um, I mean, it mm-hmm. was kind of a neat time. I'm sure you didn't totally know it when you were a kid, but looking back on that, it has to be so special. Those families still keep up, uh, it seems like, um, Scott. And how was that bond with some of those players' kids that I was just mentioning, some of those families? I, I would imagine you all still remain close to this day. Yeah, we still have we still have friendships. Uh, we all, yeah, we all lived in the same neighborhood. I mean, uh, Dan Reeves lived two doors down from us. So uh, <laughs> my sister and Dan's daughter, Dana, were, were best friends. So we, we still maintain those, those connections and to, to all the, all the kids we grew up with, uh, Leroy's kids, you know, uh, we all saw them, the Manders, Dave Manders kids, um, you know, so we, we were all real connected. And when, when we were, um, you know, myself and, and Dave Manders' kids, Tony Lissio and, and some others, we were kind of locker room brats because they really didn't have daycare. So so dad would, you know, our dads would bring us to the practice field over off of Forest Lane and, and we'd hang out in the locker room while they practiced. <laughs> Wasn't there, there was like a Tom Thumb that opened up over there in sure. maybe like the mid-70s or something. I remember hearing some of the players were so excited because, like, for lunch, yeah. they could go over there and get some <laughs> sandwiches yeah, and lunch a, meat. <laughs> exactly. I think there was a Honda store um, in the back behind. There was a field in the back behind the practice field, and I, I begged my dad. You know, I wanted to go. I wanted to get, a, you know, one of those trail 70s. I wanted to, I wanted to try that out on the trails behind the practice field, and he just – he wasn't having it, but um, I was, you know, pretty little. I mean, wasn't gonna. Mm. I don't even think my feet reached the pedals quite yet. But uh, <laughs> but I was still adamant about getting getting one of those those bikes uh, back then. But yeah, it was fun. It was it was a great time, and and those are great memories. Yeah, you should have been hitting up Charlie, Waters, and uh, and Cliff. Maybe Pete Gent and some of those guys if you wanted to get on the motorcycle, yeah. right? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> exactly. I always remember hearing that those guys were, like, racing in the off season. I think Cliff mm-hmm. and Charlie. And you're like, okay, I don't think in the contract, Tex and them were allowing for, like, motocross. Like, that exactly. doesn't seem like a smart thing. Um, talking to Scott Halley, son of Chuck Halley, on the Matt Mosley Show, ESP in Central Texas. What a cool moment when you did the shout-out to your dad oh, and asked you. the crowd to to say hello uh, to Chuck. And and mm-hmm. what what gave you that idea? Did you did you kind of think about that early on, or did that kind of come to you later in the process? What uh, what made you kind of think to, to do that? Because that really turned out to be a neat deal. Well, I was sad that Dad couldn't be with us at the at the enshrinement, and I and I wanted him to to you know have some some experience of of it, and I didn't. I wanted to acknowledge him, even though he couldn't physically be with us. He was in Dallas watching on TV, which you know I found out that he did actually see that part of it, and and I wanted him to to uh, to feel the the energy of the crowd from from that moment. So I always wanted to incorporate him in, into the into the whole process in some way. I mean, those pictures they had on the Morning News website, Scott, I'm sure those are family pictures that y'all, y'all mm-hmm. help provide, but how cool are some of those pics? I mean, that plaid suit he was wearing <laughs> when he went in the Ring of Honor. 
Exactly. Yeah, those were those were high fashion days. Oh man, that just uh, what a what a what a deal uh, to look back on that. And then for Demarcus Ware, I mean, what a neat uh, weekend that was for Cowboys fans. And I saw jerseys. I saw Chuck Halley jerseys out there when when you were talking. What was uh, what were some of those conversations like in Canton? Did you were there a ton of Cowboys fans that showed up? Like I know Steelers fans. It kind of depends on I guess who's going in, but it does right. seem like the Steelers have so many players in, and that bothered mm-hmm. guys of y'all. You know your dad's era because you know they uh, Roger always felt like he left at least one ring on the table. Maybe two. If you go back to the the Colts one with your dad, right. I'm sure Bob and your dad felt like they left that one on the table. Uh, and I right. think Bob, that helmet he threw, still hadn't come down yet, has it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Yeah, it was it was great. I mean, there was a and there was a you know a huge a huge representation of of uh, Browns fans, you know, because of because of uh, Joe Thomas, I mean, they really, mm. you know, they really turned out for him. How cool was it to see Bob, uh, you know, put that, you know, kiss your, I mean, I don't even know if I were up there trying to yeah, hold it together. Yeah. I think that would have, you did a good job of kind of keeping on top of things. You probably guarded against, you know, letting yourself get too emotional or whatever, but man, what a moment that was yeah, as that y'all un. Yeah. <laughs> That went right out the window. The second Bob kissed Dad's bust, I just went, "Okay, I'm done." <laughs> you know, now I have to stand up here and give a speech, and so I had to sort of regroup a little bit to to kind of recompose myself before I even started talking. It was like, "Oh man, yeah, that was that was truly a special that was a special moment because Dad and Dad and uh, Bob had a special bond, and and uh, and you know he he did tell me, you know, Mr. Lilly told me he said. He said, you know, I thought your dad was a rookie. He said, I had no idea he played for another team. He said, when I came in, you know, he said, your dad showed up a week early. And he came in with, you know, he said, the rookies usually show up a week before the veterans. And your dad showed up the week the rookies showed up. And so I just assumed he was he was just another rookie. He said, I didn't know he played for Chicago and, and all that. So, you know, he just, he just, and so their careers, you know, were parallel throughout their, their you know, their time there. So. Um, we couldn't think of a, of, of a more, uh, you know, deserving, you know, a, you know, a more proud opportunity that we had uh, Bob Lilly give, give, you know, be Dad's presenter because I mean, Dad and Bob have the most history. Mm-hmm. How did he excel in so many sports? I mean, that's kind of remarkable thinking back on his college career. And I, I was reading that, and I'm thinking, wait, I don't, I don't remember knowing all this. You've obviously known it your whole life. <laughs> Um, what, what, other than football, what was his, like, what was his first passion? Was it football or was one of the other four sports that he was playing growing up? Because obviously he was good at all of them. And I can't even believe back then that they would let you do that many sports. I mean, what a, that had to be a pretty special place. I guess that was Morgantown for them to, uh, for them to let him, uh, do all those different things he wanted to do. Yeah, they were. I, I don't. I don't know how it all came about. Um, you know, of course, his passion was football. But uh, Dad really, he, he even to this day, he hates being still. He has to be in constant motion. Right? You know, whether he's 
he's walking the halls or he's he's just he has to be moving all the time. So I think for him it was an outlet of his energy. He just has a lot of energy and he just has to get it out. So I mean it was it was swimming, track wrestling, um, I think basketball. Um I don't remember all of them, but I think I saw um, gymnastics on there. Yeah, gymnastics, that's true. Yeah. I think that one yeah, that one I don't think they'll ever get they'll ever break that record. But um so he just he just had to be busy all the time and I think that that really went to his credit because he was he was always in condition and when we were growing up um you know in the off season dad would go up to the Lake Highlands High School and he would run the track every single day now you know I was a pretty fat kid back then and so he'd make <laughs> me go with him and and run the track with him and I made it I made it halfway around and I said I'll I'll just be right over here sitting in the stands and I'll watch you do the rest <laughs> I guess where I'm doing this interview from right now, I can see, if I look right down the alley down there, I can see that stadium. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's still uh, it's still over there. I guess it's the same site. Yeah, right over there on Church Road. But, uh, yeah, I, now, I imagine it is. What, what, um, what made him go into this embroidery business that, boy, you became the CEO of? It's become a very successful business over the years, embroidery graphics apparel uh accessories for uh, events and corporations promotional items what what kind of led him in that area and i think y'all he formed that in 1978 so there you are probably i don't know 14 15 years old or 13 years old what uh, what what led him down that path well dad was you know he, he if he, he's very frustrated sometimes with his suppliers and at the time, he owned a, a rental laundry, and you needed a lot of embroidered patches for the uniforms that he was he was renting to these different companies. And the the companies, the the uh, suppliers that he needed the patches from, weren't getting them to him fast enough. So Dad always, you know, just you know, whenever he was presented with a problem, he always you would always overcome it, of course. But the way he overcome this problem was the um, was the uh, process of just, well, I'll just go out and get my own embroidery machines and I'll just make the patches in-house and and just get them faster. So, you know, when that happened, you know, that was, that was I think, in the uh, early 80s. Um, I had just gotten out of, I just, you know, left college, and so he needed somebody to kind of get in there and run it with him. So I did that. I, I, I supplied, you know, hundreds of, and thousands of, of company emblems, company patches, uh, name patches for the shirts. Um, that's kind of how we all started it. We just started out as, as just supplying him with the with the name patches of, of you know Chuck and John and Henry and Tom and all that, and then the names of the companies that, that, that needed to be on the shirts as well. So, um, and then it kind of evolved after you know from there to to uh, polo shirts and caps and things of that nature. Yeah, and y'all can do something crazy like fifteen hundred units a day, or all the machines you have, and right. screen graphics, and all those things. So yep. I would say yep. that uh, y'all have done a great job over the years, Scott. I was thrilled for you, and I've gotten to know. I even got to meet your dad years ago. And one of those pictures is on the top of the Dallas Morning News with Mel and Roger 
and your dad and Leroy, and I happened to be in that meeting as a young writer at the Dallas Morning News, and uh, one of the one of the great days of my life. Uh, Tony D was there, and and mm-hmm. the Manster. And that one picture, I think I was standing out there watching them line up because they walked out from a conference room to the old morning news building down there on Young. Uh, so anyway, what a remarkable guy. And, uh, well, congratulations. I know it was bittersweet, but still an a unbelievable day. And you did a great job. And I, uh, I really appreciate you, uh, you being on with me. Well, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. All right. There he goes. Scott Halley. Uh, the son of the great Chuck Halley, and uh, Chuck now has uh, late-stage uh, dementia. Uh, but, uh, man, he, is, uh, he was a force of nature and is now taking his rightful place in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. All right.